3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 115 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have a very exciting episode—an episode that's really been a long time in the making it's probably been about three months trying to figure out these schedules here we have one of this year's tony nominated actresses for best featured actress in a musical we have el morgan lee joining the podcast with us this week and we could not be more excited about it seriously el morgan and i talk about all kind of things with Strange Loop and being a transgender performer in the industry and just what it's all like and the process of Strange Loop and everything like it's had a very different route to Broadway as some other shows and everything like that with the Pulitzer Prize and all of those fun things. And of course, the Tony Awards this season. And it's just it's so, so special. And I've noticed the past couple of weeks that like the further we get in an interview, I feel like each guest kind of really opens up towards the end. And at the end of this podcast, El Morgan l- gives literally some of the best advice I've ever may have ever heard for anyone trying to get into the industry or someone who's already in the industry. Like It is so relatable for everyone, and it can definitely hit homes more for certain people than others. And it's beautiful, the message in this episode. So I cannot wait to share it with you all. But before we get over to that, there is so much happening in the world of Broadway, so let's talk about it, shall we? This week, I would say maybe the biggest story out of the Broadway world is that Jane Lynch is actually actually cutting her she's ending i shouldn't say cut she's ending her run in funny girl sooner than expected she announced that she will be taking her final bow this sunday yes this sunday august 14th she's taking her final bow and she literally announced it this week but this is because she unexpectedly got that wonderful emmy nomination for her performance in only murders in the building which is the hit hulu show with steve martin martin short and selena gomez literally one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I've like binged all of it and her role. And that is just spectacular. So that's all happening starting now, basically. And so she's working on that and she's just getting piled up with the media and interviews and all of that stuff. So she's like, I need to cut my run. I need to go out to LA. I need to do get ready for all the Emmy stuff. So that's why she's ending her run. It's interesting though, because she actually didn't make Beanie's last performance. So it was Beanie Feldstein, Ramin, and Jane Lynch's understudy for the last performance. Well, now Jane Lynch is going to have no Ramin or Beanie in her final performance because Ramin is out this week. So, no, there was no like official last show with the three stars so very sad but uh also very interesting that like that's just how it works out and it's too bad that it worked out that way but um it, that's how it's worked out and yeah i just thought i'd mention it because i was like hmm, it's kind of like interesting that the stars aren't sharing their final shows together it's crazy but anyways th- there's more stuff to talk about the other major thing that i am so excited about is that Hades hadestown Is getting a new Hermes. And I was a little like hesitant. Like, first of all, the fact that when Andre DeShields announced that he was leaving the show and he was going to go work on a new project, I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, like, who are they going to get for this role? And They had the understudy for a little bit, T. Oliver Reed, who's fantastic in the role. He stepped into it full time. Well, now he's working on something else. So then I was really like, what are they going to do now? And they knocked this casting out of the park. We love to see it. It's literally, this is the kind of... Everything that we've wanted in the industry as uh, fellow performers and as, I guess, activists in a way of just like seeing a new sort of Broadway and kind of breaking molds and all these things, well, they hired... Lilius White to play Hermes. Yes, Tony, like Broadway legend, Lilius White. She's going to be joining the cast of Hadestown playing Hermes, which was just played by two men back to back. So now it's, she's going to be the first ever female identifying actor to play the role of Hermes in Hadestown, which is so exciting. And that begins on September 13th. So huge congratulations to Lilius White. We've actually had her on the podcast. It wasn't for a full episode, but it was one of those episodes where we talked to a bunch of people. We've had her on several times at the opening night, red carpets and stuff like that. So... She's kind of a friend of the podcast, and so we're so excited for her and cannot be more excited to go see her in the show, and hopefully that you all will be able to check that out and want to check that out as well. There's more news on the unofficial Bridgerton musical whole production thing. They had a scheduled performance in London at the Royal Albert Hall. Well, it happened this week that the Royal Albert Hall came out and said that... Unfortunately, Barlow and Bear, the writers of the show, have cancelled their performance of the unofficial Bridgerton musical live at the Robert Albert Hall. So, not surprised here. Obviously, not surprised. Uh, The future of this show is absolutely in jeopardy with the lawsuit from Netflix and everything like that so crazy crazy stuff what's happening here it seems like they they thought that they were gonna do it still and it was just like this week they realized that oh they canceled it yeah, there's not, there hasn't been much on the progress of the lawsuit. I guess I could say, and, and more news with that. But it seems like you know there's no more production. So like that one night production that you may or may not have seen at the Kennedy Center may have been a one night thing. And you, if you were there, you witnessed history, and that and that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if they canceled because of that, or maybe the actors and performers were kind of like. I don't know if I should be doing this or if I should be attached to this. And they kind of lost their performers. Like, I don't know what happened, but it could have been literally anything. So I'm very interested in keeping an eye out on this and we'll see what happens. But I, there is definitely more to this story. Moving on, another Broadway legend is coming back to Broadway this season, starring in the new play, uh, Ohio State Murders. Yes, you heard that correctly. Ohio State Murders by Adrian Kennedy, directed by Tony Award winner Kenny Leon, fantastic director. Uh, he directed Fences, A Soldier's Play, all those wonderful shows. Very exciting stuff. It's cool now that uh, Audrey McDonald and Will Swenson who is definitely a friend of the podcast. He had a full episode with us. They're both, they're obviously married and they're both going to be on Broadway this season. Obviously, Will Swenson will be in the Neil Diamond musical and now she will be in Ohio State Murder. So that's very exciting. That's all happening at the James Earl Jones Theater, which is the old court theater. that That's what it was previously named. And so, yeah, if you're interested in going to check that out, do it because, I mean, it's mcdonald its It's got to be good. It's gonna be good. You just know it is. Anyways, moving on because there's a lot to get to. Okay, fantastic news here out of the Kite Runner. Yeah, we'll talk about the good news first because then there's an, there's another piece of news that I was just like, what is happening? The good news is is that Kite Runner is offering now student rush tickets for their show. So like it's not a an online rush or a lottery or anything like that. Like if you go to the theater within two hours of the show and you are a student, of uh any kind if you're college high school whatever and you have like a student id or anything you can show that to them and get tickets for 35 dollars. that's fantastic especially for a show that is based off a book that is part of or was part of a school's curriculum i know my siblings myself included we had to read the kite runner in schools and everything and i believed it's like now no longer in the curriculums because it's just like It's a lot to process and, I'm thrilled that they're making it more accessible for students to continue to see this story and learn about this story through this wonderful Student Rush opportunity. And so you go to the theater. It's not online. It's not whatever. It's You go to the theater like a couple hours before the show, and you see if they have any tickets available. If they do, they're going to give that ticket to you for $35 if you have your student ID. So take advantage of that, because it's a show that you should definitely see, that you can get two tickets per person. And I promise you, it's one to see. But be prepared to, like, feel all the emotions. Seriously. Like, you're going to cry. You're going to be angry. You're going to laugh. You're going to do all the things. But it's so wonderful and so worth it. So go check that out. And then it was also announced that the Kite Runner is requiring masks only at Friday night performances. I have no idea what that's about. I, I've i reached out to a couple people. I have done my own research. I have absolutely no idea what what that even means. Like, why are they only doing it? Not to, like, bash it, because, like, I'm all for, you know, making that mask policy and whatever. But, like, for one show a week, I don't get it. And so I maybe it's for, like, a certain audience that doesn't feel comfortable with other people being unmasked. So they have the opportunity to, like, see that show. But, like... I don't know. Just one day a week is is kind of odd. And you have eight shows and one show you're just going to require masks. They're definitely not doing it for the safety of the performers and stuff like that. So if they're only doing it for one show, so I don't really get it. But interesting little tidbit, if you are someone that like definitely does not want to go to the theater without people being masked, Kite Runners, your show on Friday nights. Uh, so go check that out. And uh, even if you're a student, you can get tickets for $35 a day of. So perfect. Anyways, I just thought that that was so bizarre, but also very interesting. So I just wanted to share that little tidbit with you. And then two more things. We have exciting news out of the hit off-Broadway show Between the Lines, where they announced that they have plans of releasing a cast album. So that's awesome. I have not seen the show yet. Everybody raves about it. Everyone is obsessed with this between the lines. It's all here. It's between the lines. And I've also heard a lot about Titanic. I'm c- curious to see both of them. I have yet to see either of them. But it's great to see off-Broadway shows getting some buzz. It's great to see an off-Broadway show having a cast album. Because that does not happen with every off-Broadway show. So very exciting stuff. No release date yet if you're a fan of the show. But I will keep you all posted when they announced that release date. So... Very exciting stuff coming from there. I'm excited to hear this music because I hear this music is absolutely ridiculous and amazing. So I'm excited that they have the cast album, especially if I don't get to see the show because in a way it makes you feel like you saw it and you kind of know a little bit about it. Anyways, last but not least, I want to say good luck and congratulations to the entire company over at the Tina, the musical, the Tina Turner musical that is. Their last show is this Sunday, just like Jane Lynch this Sunday, August 14th. Unfortunately, this show is coming to an end because this show is just fantastic. But they've had a wonderful run. They've ran for... Like I mean, obviously with the whole pandemic thing, so I'm not counting that. But they had a good two year run of performances, so that's very exciting, and that's that's definitely a huge success. So congratulations to all of them on a wonderful run. Congratulations on an amazing show. And uh, yeah, everyone, if you love Tina and you are able to make it before their final performance and you want to see it again, go for it because uh, it's definitely a show worth going to see. So it's like a concert. I mean, you can't you can't beat that. You get a concert and a Broadway show in one. That's why I love Michael Jackson, to be completely honest. Anyways, I'm rambling, and that's all I have for you folks this week. I know there was a lot to get through, but all of that stuff I found so interesting. I didn't want to cut any of it out. And yeah, I hope that you all learned something and enjoyed that. Now, we are going to turn it over to our fabulous guest, El Morgan Lee, with an amazing conversation that I cannot wait for you folks to hear. So without further ado, El Morgan Lee... Curtain up. Oh my goodness. So this week we have a very special guest who is an Obie Award winner and a Tony Drama League and Antonio Award nominee who is currently starring in the Tony Award winning show for best musical, A Strange Loop. Everyone get ready and join me in welcoming to take a bow L. Morgan Lee. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming on. I just told you this, but honestly, when I saw Strange Loop, I mean, the performances were absolutely incredible, and the show is fantastic, Um, obviously. It won the Tony. But your performance alone, like, just had me in awe. Like, you, every time, like you you had your moment even if like someone else was having their moment my eyes went directly to you so this is oh, a treat for you. me to have you on seriously it's i'm so excited the way i usually like to start these these episodes is kind of learning a little bit uh, about the performer and you know asking you how you got started in the industry and what inspired you to want to tell stories and get involved in theater
1: sure i mean i got started goodness i mean my first time performing in front of people was in nursery school um oh. so i mean they sort of <laughs> we would do those like like pageanty sort of like you know thanksgiving pageant or like christmas pageant or like in my nursery school so they would do like a a talent show situation like right after whatever the holiday event was um oh. and so they I think my first time I did it had to be had to be like four, maybe four or five. Um, and they had me do karma chameleon by boy George um, <laughs> which was which was I think in some ways like the universe sort of the universe sort of looking at you before you even have any clue of who you are whatsoever. but um, my teachers sort of threw me in, threw me in like hair and makeup and like pulled everything together and my mom was like, why does my <laughs> child have all this makeup on? Like, what is this? <laughs> um, oh God, but again, okay. I think that's like the universe sort of seeing you before you saw yourself.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So, you know, ever since you were a little kid, you kind of knew you wanted to perform?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was singing I was singing in the high chair. Like, I, I, yeah. I've always been singing. I think my, my mom will laugh and say things like, um, she's like your father used to be like you don't know what you think you can sing look at you think you can sing <laughs> sitting in that high chair and she's like well if only he could see you now <laughs> like like you have oh, certainly proven that that was not you know that was not nothing that that was always sort of something implanted in you some kind of storytelling yeah. was always planted there
3: that's Amazing. Seriously. And that singing in the high chair really paid off because you're making your Broadway debut. Come on. Um, incredible. in uh, a hit show. I mean, this is just a strange loop. I, I, I guess we can go in and talking about it. I mean, did you ever know that like this is what it was going to be? Like it was going to be this huge hit? I, I think that the
1: piece itself is important. So I I hoped that it would be received well, um, and that Mm. it would be received specifically for, you know, what it is. Um, I think sort of we've had the gift of getting to do three different incarnations of the show. So having done it at playwrights off Broadway, and then briefly in DC for a heartbeat, right before we came to Broadway, Mm. um, I think sort of each incarnation of the show for me personally, just sort of, hopes that audiences would be able to receive it for what it specifically is and to, to be able to take in Usher's story um, and then hopefully have conversations after seeing it um, so that you know they can further expand their own minds or their own lives or the people that they love, that they can really look at those folks and see if there are things that, um, might make them feel more affirmed or more seen, you know, in in how they are treated or how people are behaving around them. I always say it's just, it's very important that people know that it is a very specific lens. The show is told through a very, very specific lens. Um, And that (laughs) lens has a lot of complexity inside of it and speaks for some people, does not speak for all of us.
3: Totally. But in a way, like with A Strange Loop, like I... I mean, I couldn't necessarily relate to everything that was going on in the show. Mm -hmm. But like, as an usher, like the show is about an usher and the thoughts and voices around in his head and everything. Mm -hmm. And like, just the love for musical theater and the love for (laughs) telling stories and everything like that. So there's so many beautiful uh, elephants. Oh, my God. There's so many beautiful (laughs) elements to the show that like, is just so fascinating to just kind of have that self-reflection moment of like, oh my God, this is literally me talking to my head during, while watching a show, you know, like it's crazy, but it's, it's, it's wonderful what you guys are doing and the specificity of the lens that it's being spoken through is something that Broadway needed and Broadway still needs, um, more of and everything. Um, did you feel like, I mean, this is something that's simply not on Broadway often sure. or it's a, it's kind of a rarity what was your the process of you know is this going to work like cuz this is something that's not seen and is is the world ready to see this is broadway ready for this and like was there ever that conversation during the whole process
1: i don't think i mean i, I don't remember that as a conversation i think our our focus was just on telling the story in the most effective way possible um, and having conversations that would help us be able to um, ideally acknowledge the, the the story that that we want to tell, and I think sure. that like what we discovered in that process is that there are there are nuance. There's a lot of nuance to the stories that even amongst the cast members that we see inside of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what, and that's why one of the reasons why I, I am very vocal about the lens being very specific, because if, you know, for instance, if if I were leading the ship of this show, it would be a very different show than it is right. now. Um, not and not just because I think the cast could be the same, but if the if the show were coming through a lens that I have lived personally, then things would slightly be shifted in sort of how the story is told. The the way that the story is told would be um, there would be there would be things considered that, things considered and factored into the making of the piece that I don't think were actually considered or or, or had an impact on the making of the piece, um, mm. I think. And that's, that's, the, that's sort of the beauty of queer stories is that I think that there's this sort of, there's this assumption that queer equals gay um, and queer is far more expansive than simply the label gay. Um, right. I do believe, in many ways, our show is very much a like big black gay show as opposed to a big black queer show. I do think oh. that the queerness was not was not fully was not fully found in the process. Um,
3: but that is one person's opinion. Sure, that's fascinating, especially because like there's a whole number that's like big black and queer. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's a fascinating perspective though.
2: are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details um and
3: you're so right like as you were saying like if you if the story was told through your perspective like i was i was kind of just Reimagining the show and playing it through my head, if I as if I saw
1: you as Usher. Uh, that, oh that's no, a, no, well, yeah, no, I don't mean I don't mean with me as Usher. <laughs> I you don't. don't. I mean, okay. I mean, I mean, if someone who if someone who has sort of my intersections was oh. putting together a strange loop, I think that like you would see slightly different things than what you'd see. It's it's the beauty of the piece is that it is it is breathing. Michael has always described it as being a living, breathing piece, and I right. think that like depending on sort of who's, who is guiding the lens that you're seeing, it could take different colors throughout that. So ah. you know, if, if, each of, if each of us in the cast, for instance, put up our own productions of A Strange Loop, you would see slightly different shifts in the way that the story is told because each of our experiences in queer culture in ways has been slightly different. Um, but you could still put it through Usher as Usher is. I certainly have no interest whatsoever <laughs> and and being, my my journey is not at all like ushers. So I have I have every bit of like love for the the ushers of the world. But yeah, that's right. not my
3: story. <laughs> and is it true like a lot of ushers story is from the writer, Michael R. Jackson, he says that it
1: is it is he says that he has felt all of the feelings in the show. But Uh, that, of course, things have been exaggerated and stretched. Gotcha. But but that it's
3: not like a direct, you know, autobiographical situation. Gotcha. Because that's what I was so curious about kind of in a way of like, you know, the writer is telling his story through different people. And I was like, what was that collaboration process like? I mean, I guess I could still ask you that question. Like, what was the whole collaboration process like with Michael? And and and, and it's so beautiful, the cast, that it's only six people, I believe. Seven. Um, seven. Well, seven. Seven, uh, seven principals and then four understudies. Right. So you have this intimate collaboration kind of going like what was the process like
1: um it was the piece got a lot of um the piece got a lot of time which was a gift in a lot of ways um you know there were a couple workshops where literally all we did was sit and read through the script and talk and did not do any singing um those kinds of workshops are Definitely a present for a piece because, you know, it, it helps you to really shape the book the way you want to shape the book and to shape the piece the way you want to do that. Um, so like that's which is goes back to my it. This helps the this helps them to build sort of the piece that they want to build. It helps them mm. build the lens through which they want to build that piece. It helps them to develop what that lens looks like. Um,
4: right.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there were lots of conversations in the room.
3: Amazing. Amazing. That's so cool. I want to talk to you about the Tony Awards.
1: Sure. Because
3: you made history in, in a lot of ways, because if you're ever nominated for a Tony, that's history that right there in itself. But you made history in being the first openly trans actress to be nominated for a Tony mm-hmm. Award. What was that whole process like? I know the whole Tony Awards uh, season with eight shows a week is madness but what was it like to live through that
1: it was it took me it took me a moment to like it took me a moment to realize that it was all actually happening (laughs) um um it 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 was very difficult for me to believe for a good week or so um and then once i sort of like snap out of it honey it's 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 real um once once the snap out of it happened um it was definitely a grueling process. It was, it was tiring. It was exhausting. But for me, it was all the kind of tired and exhaustion that you work a whole career to have. It was Mm. the, you know, it was, I'm, I'm not, you know, brand new to the business in many ways. So like, for me, it's like, I've been here for, you know, 20 plus years at this point. Um, So for me, this was, this was a, In some ways it was like the universe sort of affirming that like all of the years of work have paid off um Mm -hmm. and it and i think that like like i say after i've said to a couple people afterwards it felt like for me the perfect the perfect introduction to Uh the 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 business in that in that sense because it's like no one knows who i am but like but it's like but now people have some idea of like oh who is she that's interesting i think that it was like the perfect i said the tony's was like the perfect debutante ball it was the perfect yeah. like, introduction moment for publics to see oh well this is El Morgan Lee because a strange loop for me really really like it's I mean it it's 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 a very sort of understated track in the span of what many tracks can be like it's not a flashy track at all she's not she's not someone that's you know sc- you know standing on center screaming and yelling or like doing a lot of like heavy emotional lifting out, out like outwardly where where audiences can see it um where audiences are able to sort of like directly see it. It's a most of the work that I'm doing in the show with, you know, my 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 featured moments are certainly my own and are centered and are what they need to be. But most of the show, because we are there the whole time almost, is a lot of sort of um, teamwork on stage in so many right. ways. So it's like you, you don't know the details of the beast that I'm living through each night unless you actually look at the page. Um, if you actually listen to what my vocal line is through this whole show for that long time, you realize, oh God, she's, she's, she's really doing a lot. Um, but I, but I don't think that like, if you're just watching the show sort of as a whole unit that you would be able to realize exactly how demanding the track is. Um, so I think it's, 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 I think the people who have noticed that I'm very like appreciative of the people like, oh my God, I, I see what you're doing. I hear what you're doing throughout. it. it's like, thank you because. <laughs> it's a lot, um, yeah. and it's very tiring. Um, but it's 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 the Tony season was a dream and a a reminder that we have so much work to do. Mm. Um, it was it was it was a dream, but it was it was yeah, it, it was a way. I learned I learned a lot, and I've been learning a lot this whole process, even of just being on Broadway in the in the debut. I've been taking notes to help me to build the kinds of rooms that I wanna see. Mm. Um, And to build the kinds of teams that I wanna be able to work with and to be a part of telling the stories that I think are important to tell um, in the ways that I feel like they are important to tell them. And so that, I think something, that's something that I will definitely take away from A Strange Loop out of this whole process for me is, is don't be afraid to lean into the authenticity of the lens that you want to tell stories through.
3: Mm. I love that. That's a beautiful way to put it. And you talk about, you know, putting all this work in because Broadway's hard. Broadway's hard. You know, like oh, it is. Yes. And it is. Yes. yes. It's so the like, Olympics. It's it's, yes. it's. I was
1: literally that people call Broadway the Olympics. And I was like, the difference is, the olympics have an end date. they're not right. open ended. so the bodies get a chance to like fully recover and fully take the time to settle in. that is not factored in the broadway machine. so so one has to one has to start to become um it is difficult to do it but like we have to be able to have more agency over, you know, taking care of ourselves and knowing Absolutely. like this is why understudies are there. this is why people are there to like because our bodies are only gonna be able to do so much and we are putting them through the rigmarole like a lot on Broadway. I mean, eight shows a week is grueling. And and in particular, when you're doing shows that, when you're doing shows that are not as simple as just like, boom, 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 here we go, happy, happy. And then we leave, like when it's it's not that show, when you're doing a project that is really provocative and really triggering on lots of mental, spiritual, emotional levels, it's a lot of work in addition to the show, to do the show, and then you look at it doing the show in front of audiences that greatly don't look like you is also a, it's another layer of, of of labor on the people who are on stage. So it's like there are so many like layers of extra work that are put into a simple eight show a week of of any show that is you know telling stories that are that's you know challenging minds or or going against the grain in any kind of way. Um, and, you know, you say this is, we all know that like a show like A Strange Loop doesn't just end up on Broadway like very often. So its very presence on Broadway is already pushing sort of pushing the envelope a bit. And so the sure. people who are involved in telling that story night after night after night after night are taking on a lot of extra labor on top of doing the show that we're there to do. So it's, it's, it is quite exhausting um, and yeah. it is quite the ride. Um, but I do think, again, that there are lots of lessons inside of it if we are keeping
3: open to trying to learn them. Totally. And, I mean, I, I didn't even consider it, it it in that sort of way of, <laughs> like, how much work really goes into it. Um, that's fa- that's fascinating. I mean, truly. I mean, I, I don't even know how to even go from there, but I, I'm so thrilled that the, the Tony Awards did it kind of acknowledge that hard work that you, um, sure. you've you been putting in night after sure, night sure. and nominating you and, and, sure. and acknowledging you in, in categories such as Patti Lapone and Jane Howdy Shell <laughs> and Jeanette Bayardell, like all of these fantastic actresses that, uh, you know, are all just putting in the work to to yeah. tell a story and to move people. Um, it's yeah. incredible. So Yeah, it was I, a gift. It was a gift to get
1: to share the category with, with those ladies um, yeah. in particular, in particular with Jeanette who I have known for many years. And like, like I coached Jeanette for a bit on a couple of different things. Oh like, my like, like, like this is what I've, I've been around a while. <laughs> I've been, I'm not I've like, been like, I'm a really, really alone. not Brown. I'm really, really not brand new. So like, so like, so like getting, getting to share it with, with Jeanette and getting to share it with Shoshana who for years and years and years and years, you know, yes. we have all celebrated and loved. Um, and you know, getting to meet Jim, Jen Smart in particular, who is like just one of the most beautiful spirits, like just yes. just just one of the sweetest spirits. Um, like the, the, those those getting to share the the space with those people really like made a difference for me, certainly. Um, yeah, it was like a it was like a a, a sweet Broadway hug.
3: <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. and it very well deserved, completely, like seriously, very well deserved, especially after hearing, you know, your perspective on 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 the show and the amount of work that goes into it. I mean, as an audience member, it's so easy just to sit there and watch and not even realize what is going of on, you know. And, of yeah. course, well, so,
1: well, because that's not that's never that's never asked of the audience. That's it's right. not. I don't. I mean, the audience is already taking in more than enough in this show. The last thing they need to have on is well. <sighs> on top of that, you all factor in how much work this. <laughs> like, like they, don't, the audience doesn't right. need to do that, but it absolutely, but it, is, but it is a part of the reality of of how to make the show run.
3: Yes. It's a well-oiled machine, and there are many, many <laughs> yeah, facets yeah, to it all. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I—that's what I kind of love about this, and being able to talk to, to people like yourselves is to kind of understand their perspective and see what they what they do and how the work that they put in and how they approach mm-hmm. their art and their craft. It's it's awesome. I want to ask you, as someone who was nominated for a Tony Award and made history for that's the so trans Crazy. community.
1: I know it's crazy. Yeah, like um, honestly, hearing that will never, hearing that will always sound crazy to me.
3: Oh my god! Well, soak it in, and you know <laughs> what? You did that, so like own that. That's um, everything. Uh, I I want to ask you though, like I mean, you made history. Sure. And I just want to know it, you being on Broadway and everything and representing the trans community. I just want to ask what that means to you, and, and mm-hmm. you know how you approach that, like knowing that you have a spotlight on you in a way for the mm. trans community.
1: Mm. I, oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a multi-series sort of a conversation in itself. I, I am humbled and honored and feel wonderful that after so many years of working that I've gotten the chance to see what Broadway is. Mm. Um, and that was one of the things during the Tony season that sort of knocked me over a bit because I was still in many ways processing sort of the importance of my even getting a chance to be on a Broadway stage. So the fact right. that like a, a black trans woman is on a Broadway stage in a principal track getting to bow every night in a space where there's not a lot of us um, really is it's important because if nothing else just for representation for visibility for all those like you know annoying words that keep going out into the world right now because they they're they're everyone's just using them so freely about everything now but but they mm. really are you know that that visibility the idea that people don't know that it's possible sometimes until they see themselves or they see people who are like them or people who are remotely like them i have kids you know coming up to me after the show sometimes in tears sometimes with their parents Saying like, oh, I came to see you, and I I saw you on the Tonys, and I told my mom that we had to go, or like, I'm you know, thank you for doing what you do oh, because it makes me feel like I can, and for me that's so important. And at the same time, I I I I dream of the day when my just standing on stage is not nearly enough. Mm. That like in order for people to actually feel heard for trans and non-binary or gender non-conforming or people who are gender expansive in any way, for people to actually in order for them to be able to say, I feel seen or I feel heard, it's because they're hearing stories that are centering us, that they're hearing mm. stories that are by us, that are hearing stories that have been directed by us, that are that are starring us, that are that we're in the pit, that we're in that that they're that their presence, that any, and that's for any marginalized group, quite frankly. Like I, I, it's never. It. I understand that it's a big deal that my feet are even on the stage, and I feel that. But I think what's actually what that's caused for me is it's really lit a fire for me to be a part of helping, of doing my part in helping our business be, what I needed it to be, and like right. in so many ways, what I what I still needed to be inside. Like I. I am still, in so many ways, it's like I am still that little kid that was, like, looking at the Tony Awards and, like, dreaming. I'm still I'm still that kid. And so it's like when people are like, you're a trailblazer and you're this. And it's like I, I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other. I, I can't speak for an entire community. I can't speak for everybody because I only know what I know. I only know the journey that I know. I, I only know what I have been able to witness and observe and love and, and take in from people I know who are like me or people who are in my community. I, 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 I know people's stories, Um, Mm -hmm. but in no way would I ever want to have to be responsible for an entire community's um, um, ideas or, or opinions. Um, And I think that's the, that's the, the danger sometimes of, falling into those like you're the first or you're the first it becomes like many ways you become the like face of that thing to people and and i'm like you know someone said to me you don't break a glass ceiling without there being cuts Mm. and i was like it's interesting because like what i realized is like i don't i i want to try to be a part of helping make sure that the people who are behind me that their rides are a little bit easier than mine was and so that's it really like has been a part of why I'm sponging in all of the information I can constantly because it's important. And I I think it's, 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 it's something that I want to, I I just want to be a part of helping to make our business what I believe it can be. Absolutely. And I'm one person, I'm one person. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I I certainly can't single-handedly do anything, but I, I can certainly, you know, take advantage of whatever spaces that I'm in and trying to help, to plant seeds or have conversations or meet people and chit chat. And I think that's even as, even as simple as like getting to like, I, you know, I taught a masterclass. I've taught two masterclasses this month with mm-hmm. this company called actor therapy, um, which is mostly made up of like, you know, late teens to 20 somethings who come into New York city for two week intensive. And I was like the first, the first masterclass of each of those sessions. There were two sessions. Um, and like, even it's like, I, I forget how much, I forget how much at that age we were like ready to take in any information we could get. And right. so, like me just sitting and having a casual conversation, just chatting through people's rep with them or guiding them through a song or coaching them through a song, for me, it just feels like I love doing it. It's like it gives me a whole different kind of life in so many ways, getting to see someone get a little bit more confidence in what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But then afterwards when I get these messages and my DMs from these kids, from these people, um, it's like it's really it's it's inspiring because it helps me feel like even if I was just there for that one day, maybe I said something that will stick with that student, you know, to yeah. help them get through a rough time. Or that will right. help them get through some teacher who does not understand them. And these students are not, you know, they are they are cis kids, they are trans kids, they are non they are all, all kinds of people. I think it's it's very important for people to not diminish any of our identities down to a single thing and to understand that like a black trans woman can very easily lead a ship or lead a room that is made up of all oh, cis yes. people and imagine that <laughs> it's like it's like but know that when you do that what you get is the benefit of that human who is marginalized sees the world a little bit differently so mm-hmm. it that's going to make the very thing that we're working on have nuance because I'm going to identify if something is like, if, if some scene work or something, or some piece of rap that someone's doing, you know, if there's a white assumed student singing, you know, Breathe from In the Heights, I'm going mm. to be the person to go, I wanna know why you're singing this song. I didn't, right. say, don't. I didn't say don't sing it, but I wanna know why you're singing it. And like, and I need you to know that people are gonna have a question about why you're singing this song. And then when you tell them I'm half Cuban, then they're going to go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. But I want you to be able to know that like that question might come and it is not don't get offensive. Don't get offended when someone has it, because you have to you have to honor sort of who you appear to be when you walk in the room. Um, That's conversations and things that like a lot of people are not going to have in spaces. And so it's 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 a benefit of it's a benefit of getting to be in rooms because this is stuff that we should be thinking about. We should be aware and it's not about being woke. It's just about being aware. Right.
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean
3: you're literally changing people's lives. I hope you know that. Like that's that's amazing. Um that that's invaluable to honestly anyone who's a teenager or, or who's young and wants to be in the industry, you know? Like yeah. it's unbelievable. Um I I I had a conversation last week with a friend of mine his name is Lance Roberts and he's been in nine broadway shows he's currently you know Lance I know who he is yeah yes so so he had this fascinating conversation with me about how a lot of times especially on broadway he's felt like the token black man or black actor <laughs> in the room that's how he put it and so <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm i'm curious to know like with with a show like a strange loop that has an all black cast uh, like what does that mean to you to like not be the token black performer in a show and be able to collaborate with peers that have similar background as yourself but it's still very different obviously yeah 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 exactly I I, I think
1: well it's true because Str- a strange loop is the first show I've done that's been all black mm-hmm. um and it there is just... It's just, there's just an understanding, I think that's yeah. always there. I think it's something that like, and, and the thing is that's, the thing that's beautiful about that is that even within black experiences, there's so many levels of diversity and so many different sort of versions of lifestyles. So, you know, the, the cast can all be black and at the same time could very well all be from polar different situations. And it does come up in the, in the room and it does come up in conversations. Right. It does come up in how people view text. It does come up in, you know, if there's a problem in the space and how people are handling it or what things, you know, what issues are brought to the forefront, those conversations come up where you start to realize that people have been brought up with like different backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different education levels, different experience Mm -hmm. levels. Um, It's, it's, it's beautiful because people would not really, I think a lot of people don't, um, not a lot of people, I think white people don't don't assume that in a cast of all black people that there would be so much diversity Mm. um but but there truly is um and so i think it's 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 been a gift to be in the strange loop crew um for this time though i mean i love those people i mean they they feel like they literally feel like family to me um in like every way, they get on my nerves. I, I love laugh <laughs> them, you know. I'm annoyed with some of them. I roll my eyes about some of them. Um, it, it, is, it is the full, it is the full family experience. Yes. Um, but like, but I, I think that's that's a good thing. It's like, especially when we're handling when we're handling material that is so triggering and provocative. Mm-hmm. Um, it is helpful to know that the humans who are on stage, that we're all in it together and that we're all aware of sort of the complexity inside of the thing, even if we all have very different um, responses to what that complexity is, which we do. We all have very sure. different, You know, I'm the only woman in the cast. So I have, the way I view the show is very different than everyone else. Um, sure. And so for me, there is, for me, quite frankly, there's a lot more complexity in some ways than for, for the others who are in the cast. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think, but but it is not like I said, it is not through my lens that the story is being told. Um, sure. but it doesn't make it any easier for me to take that ride every night,
3: yeah. And I, you know, what I think that it's beautiful because I feel like that's prominent on the stage. Um, I mean, you all have your own thoughts and you are all playing sure. Sure. different thoughts. Um, sure. so it's cool to to hear that and kind of look back and, and think about the show and be like, oh my God, like, yeah, it kind of makes sense that you, you're you all, each thought has Very a different, different perspective and you all play <laughs> yeah. your own perspective. And I love yeah. that.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, like there's beautiful. certainly, there's certainly like a, a, a high level of camaraderie in the room that like, you know, the, the people who I share a floor with in dressing rooms, like our floor is certainly, you know, quite a party. Oh. Um, like, like our, our floor is like literally a party almost every night so um while, whereas the other floor is like almost silent <laughs> like, like it's, really? like, it's, a, it's a drastic difference like our floor is so loud compared to oh, the floor wow. under us um, <laughs> <laughs> but That's like hilarious. but it also just sort of shows you the the the, the differences in the people in the, in the cast great
3: i love it well, this has been a joy. I do want to leave you by asking one final question. I'm dying to ask you, like, if you could tell your younger self or any young performer for that matter, um, something that you know now or something that you wish you could just like say to them and, mm-hmm. and kind of provide advice or um, information, like, what would you say to your younger self or some young person trying to get to be a performer? Keep studying keep going Um,
1: no matter what comes against you. If you hold in your heart, the truth that you, that you know that you can do, you keep, keep holding on to that. Um, Hmm. And then I would, I would definitely have to say, be specific in the things that you ask for, be Hmm. very specific and, and know why you want to be in the rooms that you say you want to be in. And, and if you can, Pay close attention to one if those rooms are ready for you, and two, what you can bring to those rooms.
3: Yes, that's brilliant. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I just seriously, I
1: I think that's like so. Like that's like that's one of the biggest things I feel like I'm taking away from a lot of this experience I guess I've said a, a couple of things that are big things I'm taking away clearly I'm processing a lot um, right. <laughs> um, but I think that's one of the things is I see so many people sort of pining and and crying out to want to be for instance on Broadway people are like why are we not on Broadway we need more of this on Broadway more of us need to be there we need Broadway 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 and I I, I want us to take a beat actually and and realize if if we are not there, are they ready for us yet? And and the people who are there, what are those humans experiencing? What 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 can they do or say to us to help us understand a little bit more why we might not be there yet? Um, and understand like Broadway might not be the space for you right now. Um, and if and if it is the space for you, know what you're walking into. Have a right. have a don't try not to have expectations of a place or of a, of a, of a, of a industry um, that hasn't promised you anything.
3: Yeah. I mean, we
1: have, cause we, it, we're, we're very big on sort of saying what we, so what we're supposed to have and where we should be, but who is there to like help us go, okay. So when you walk into this space, if it's not ready for you yet, and then you get hurt in that space, who is going to be there to protect you? Who's going to be there to take care of you so that you can, you know, continue to do what it is that you love doing you that we, i i don't want to invite someone into a home that is not ready for them yet right And i think i think broadway has a lot of work to do
3: oh my god i'm obsessed with that answer Literally, because everyone kind of get, you, you know, you hear the the cliches of like, oh, keep going, you got this, <laughs> you, know, you know, like honestly, and that was like the best answer I've ever heard. And I also believe all those things: keep
1: going, keep striving, keep fighting. But I, yeah, but yeah, I, I just, I, but it. I also just, I don't. Like I said, I really just want to be, I want to be the woman that I needed to see, and so yeah. the thing, the thing that I, that I wish I had heard. You know, when I was about to graduate from college and was like, oh, I'm about to be on Broadway. Here I come. It's it's Broadway or nothing. I, I really wish I had had that woman to be able to say, sweetie, first of all, I see you. You're not out yet. You need to come on out. <laughs> you, 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 need, you need to step into your truth. It's going to be good. You're, you're going to be happy when you do it. Um, oh. It's not going to be easy. It might get harder, actually, in some ways, but you're going to be happy that you did it um and and you just worry about you you just worry about making sure that you get to know you and that you keep focusing on the work that you love doing and you keep focusing on singing the rep that you want to sing and working on the plays that you want to work on and you keep building your skill set and you keep doing the stuff that you want to do that might not be on Broadway that might be lots of readings and developmental pieces and things that like are are satisfying you artistically, things that are really like giving you a stake on the plate. Right. And when and and when and if Broadway or some sort of first rate level production is supposed to come, it will come. For me, right. I, I got my Broadway debut when I wasn't thinking about it. Wow. It wasn't when I was, you know, fighting and working and I'm gonna get that call back and I'm gonna push and I'm gonna... That I, I find that the things that I have, that I have booked Pretty much throughout my entire career, have been things that like I didn't have to do so much to get them. Right. I did I, I did an audition tape or something, or I did an audition or two, or a couple callbacks. But like they the things that I stressed myself over and drove myself crazy about, I didn't book any of those things. The yeah. ones where the ones where I was like, oh, I don't feel like doing this. i I could sleep in or go to this audition. Let me just go because I should go. Those are the things I book. Those are the things that I get. And I think that a part of that is because you're ha- you're actually getting in the room and just being yourself. Right. Which is you're really important. You're not
3: trying important. to be what they you You're think not trying they to want. please
1: everybody and not trying to put on all these fronts of what they might want or what they might. It's <laughs> like, you're like, look, this is who I am. And like, it is what it is today. It might not be this tomorrow, but today this is what I got. And so here we go. And, and, and what ends up happening is the room ends up seeing you. And if you are the thing that they're looking for, then they're going to get you. A strange loop. I got, I got a strange loop from a DM in my Facebook. What? Michael sent me a DM in 2015 saying that he got my name from a wow. mutual friend and he looked up some videos of me singing and said, would you be interested in doing this reading of a project that I'm working on? Here are some clips. Of my music and here's some things of my my things. If you're interested, let me know. I saw the clips and I was like, hmm, interesting. I was like, you're the language is a bit much for me. It's a little aggressive, um but like you're saying things that people don't say out loud, and I think there's something really beautiful in that sort of being that raw. And like it yeah. spoke to me as an artist because I'm like, you know what? I want to be a part of things where people are just telling the truth and just kind of saying what they want to say now mind you i had no idea that you know all of the things that would come out of it and where we would be now because you know because it's it's that's not something that you expect quite frankly to happen on broadway but um yeah but i think it's just if if we stop thinking about i i i want you to dream i want you to 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 have the hugest aspirations you can for yourself but I just think that we have to be really mindful of, I think we just be specific in the things we ask for. If you yes. wanna be on Broadway, ask for ask to be on Broadway in a show where you feel affirmed and you feel celebrated and you feel like the work you're doing is being celebrated and you're happy to go to work every day. Like ask yeah. for a very specific thing because there there you could say, I just wanna be on Broadway and then you get on Broadway and it's a disaster. Right. And that would not be fun.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my god, seriously, that that is everything. Seriously, that. Yes, piece choose of joy, choose yes. joy, and
1: keep working and keep fighting, and all those yes. all those cliches too. <laughs>
3: yeah, right, but like, know what you want and go for it. You know, yeah. like the sky is the limit. You know, yeah. But whatever we put out there, we put ourselves out there. If we don't put ourselves out there, it's never gonna come. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. That is. Uh, that's everything that you, I've like had an awakening. Uh, this is so unbelievable. Seriously. Thank you so much for coming on here to chat with me. Uh, this has been such a treat and I really appreciate this. And I know that literally everyone listening is going to absolutely love this. So thank you so much for coming on to take a bow. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Take a bow, El Morgan Lee. Oh my god. Literally that the, the whole conversation I learned so much about it all. The fact that she's so humble, the fact that she's still not over the Tony nomination, it was the cutest thing in the world. Her advice was literally invaluable, really. I mean, I, I said it like I feel like I had kind of an awakening. Like I I I realized a lot during that interview about myself, about my career, about my performance, like all of the things. But it's so wonderful to hear someone who's making their broadway debut and is now having all of the success you know with the tony nomination with the other award nominations and the uh, award win at the obies it's so wonderful to hear that like she's not new at this you know yes she's making her broadway debut and yes no one's heard of her until this well not no one like she hasn't been in the spotlight like she is now i guess you could say But she's been around. Like, she's been around the block. So it was a wonderful reminder to everyone listening that, like, you can be a successful performer not on Broadway. And you can be a successful performer not in the biggest movie and TV show in the world, you know, like not everyone's going to book their stranger things or their friends or their new girl or something like that. Like some iconic show that like, you know, sets you up for life, but like you can still perform and you can still do what you love and tell stories and change people's lives without, you know, getting that huge, thing like we put ourselves on it's like oh my god it's broadway or bust it's if we don't make it to broadway we're like failures you know like people look at it like that i've looked at it like that before but this was a reminder that no like that's just not true we're not here to to make it to broadway yes if we make it to broadway that is a dream come true seriously but if we don't make it to broadway it's not the end of the world because at the end of the day we're doing what we love we're able to make a career out of it. We're able to pay our bills and do our things that we need to do. And all while that's happening, we are changing lives and we are performing in front of thousands of people anywhere. I mean, literally, the Broadway stages in New York really aren't big. When I go home to Pittsburgh where I started performing, those houses, those those like theaters are way bigger than they are on Broadway. I've performed on tour with Mary Poppins and everything like I've performed in Madison square garden. Like that's 5,000 seats. That's not considered Broadway. So it's just like, you can do all the things that you want to do without being on Broadway. Like it's crazy. So like, it's interesting, like defining your success and defining what success means to you as a performer and as an actor, and having the conversation with El Morgan today really, really reminded me of, of all of that. And it was so, so wonderful to be reminded of that. And maybe you now have a new perspective on what success means to you in this industry and in this career. Anyways, I'm continuing to ramble, but I, I just wanted to add that little part because I just think it's so important to really... To really hit that mark and i i can't thank ellen morgan enough for coming on to talk about it now she's out of the show for a, a couple of weeks actually because of she has tonsillitis so everyone send your good thoughts to El morgan She'll be able to, I mean, I promise you, she will reach back out if you do send a lovely note, because that's how I found her and reached out to her to come on the podcast. So hopefully she'll look at him. And now that she's not in the show, I'm sure she'll definitely look at her DM. So like, send all the good vibes, good thoughts, and even say like, oh my God, what you had to say on Take Val was amazing. Thank you so much. You know, zhuzh her up a little bit and mention the podcast. So all the fun things. and. Yeah, that's all I have. So anyways, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that I will see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week.
4: For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron,